The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria. The highways and resort places are jammed with millions of Americans celebrating a historic event when on July 4th, 1776, 50 men gathered in Independence Hall in Philadelphia to declare this nation free from Great Britain. From the day of our founding fathers until this July 4th weekend, 1961, his hand of blessing has been upon America. 
Heracles built a civilization upon culture, and it failed. Caesar built a civilization upon power, and it failed. Our forefathers founded our nation upon religion, and America will only survive and be great as long as she honors God. History tells us that the picture of Moses was upon the first coin that was ever made in the United States. And today we still have on our money, in God we trust. Our forefathers weren't ashamed to talk about prayer, God and faith. They built a building upon a firm foundation when they built it upon freedom, God and religion. Certainly on this 4th of July weekend, we should be upon our knees thanking God for all that he has given us. This has been a country where everyone has had an equal chance. What a nation of opportunity, a nation under God blessed as no nation in history. It is evident to everyone that freedoms that have been purchased by the blood, sweat and tears of thousands of Americans of history are now in danger this weekend. We're in danger from moral corruption within and communist penetration from without. No nation can ignore God the way we've ignored God in the last few years and get away with it. Christians recognizing the seriousness of the hour are beginning to awaken and are now ready to sacrifice to see revival in our time. At this dangerous hour of history, we spend 200 minutes a day watching television, 32 minutes a day reading magazines, and 50 minutes a day reading our newspapers. We spend more time in our newspapers than we do in the Bible. We spend more time in recreation than we do in prayer. Yet we're enjoying our freedoms and luxuries today only because God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting and he is a long-suffering God. But the Bible warns that God will judge any nation that forgets him. As we approach Independence Day, my prayer is that we shall use this day to soberly think about the reasons for our decline as a nation and the dangers that lie ahead. There is grave danger that we take our great heritage of freedom for granted. Never in the history of any nation has money flowed as freely as it is today. Even the so-called poor people of America are prosperous and rich compared to the rest of the world. It is all right to have money, but too often money gets the man. There's a poverty of prosperity that robs the man of the true perspective of life. Money is the purchaser of everything except happiness and a passport to every place except heaven. Communism is a materialistic ideology and we condemn it. But here in America, we're in danger of turning in the same direction. Godless materialism is devastating to the soul, whether it is found in Moscow or New York. Before the pilgrims left for the new world, these words were read by Reverend John Robertson. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. On this Independence Day weekend, let us renew our vows to Almighty God. Let us declare to the world that we're one nation under God. Let us quit being apologetic about our faith in Him. Let us quit being weak about our witness for Christ. It is time for every man to stand up and to be counted and to say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
And you were listening to the Reverend Billy Graham from 1961, a very important message given over 50 years ago. And it seems as if that message could have been given today. Today, as we celebrate the Feast of July the 4th, the birth of the United States, the beacon of freedom for the whole world, we're going to share with you an encounter with a friend of Medjugorje from June the 24th, 2000. And 19. Now, this was a, an encounter with the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group, but the most important part of what he is saying is he's giving a moral clarity for our times. And as we just heard the Reverend Billy Graham from over 50 years ago, it's important to understand how we become evangelizers of this time, of this land, wherever that you live in the world. But a friend of Medjugorje gives solid advice on how to form yourself, how to approach people, and what is necessary to be evangelizers and light in our land and throughout the whole world. And so for this July 4th, here is a friend of Medjugorje. There's one thing that's very profound that I ran across several years ago. I put in Seize the Moment. This is an incredible short book. It's about endurance. I don't know if you've read the book. Read it. It is incredible. It's about a ship that got frozen in the Arctic. And they spent their whole winter through there. How they survived is an amazing thing. But they seized the moment to survive and what they did. And really, Medjugorje parallels that. You can learn a lot of things by secular books. You don't have to just be reading the Bible and just reading the saints. Those things are fortified by life. When you hear a priest on the altar talking stories and telling things and then bring back the scriptures, it brings it to life. Just reading scripture becomes thorough. Oh, is that an aptha? You know who said that? Pope Benedict, Cardinal Ratzinger, Father Ratzinger. He says, we cannot continue repeating, I'm quoting him, store repetitions of the scriptures. That's why so many people like Dr. Tony Evans or Joyce Myers, y'all know who she is? Man, you can listen to this woman. She's got the stories and she convicts you. Then she ties it to the Bible. Tony Evans is a black minister was a Dallas Cowboys pastor for a long time. He built a $25 million church in Texas. Somebody's getting food. You're not going to give that kind of money. If you want a good steak, you want a good meal, you give. you got a good church, you give to that. So our lady's here because we've become sterile. We're not getting fed from the pulpit. And why? Because we just get words. There was a study done by the corporate world And they use this to sell products. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. Our lady told Yvonne on June 21st, our group was here. If you were here, you was on the mountain. Speak less about the messages and live the messages more. People can misinterpret that. You can say, well, we're not talking about the message. That's not what I'm saying. She's saying something else. There are three ways to communicate. In any given situation, the categories are first, words, second, voice tone and clarity, and third, body language. The greatest impact on delivering to others your communications and what you want to say is in categories. 55% for one of them, 38% for another, and 7% for another category. So which holds the place the first? 
words, your tone and clarity, or body language? You've been reading this stuff. It's amazing. The least impact, which is 7%, is words. Contemplate that. So our lady said, speak less and live more the messages. So the total composition of words is 7%. Voice, tone, and clarity is 38%. And body language is 55%. And the total picture of communicating. So does that mean you don't speak about the messages? No, we covered that ground yesterday, but I'll say a little bit about it for visitors today. You can speak a lot about the messages. You could talk about that. But your body language is your works. When people see what you do, then those words have power. Otherwise, it's just words. And that's what we get in the sterile repetitions of scriptures. Cardinal Ratzinger went on to say, and this is about the third secret of Fatima. They put this out when Bertrand was releasing it. They said that we cannot confine ourselves to sterile repetitions of scriptures, which is public revelations. We need, and we need to accept, and we need to have the right mentality. He didn't say mentality, but he was conveying that, of private revelations because they invigorate public revelations. They bring the scriptures to life. So that's why Tony Evans and Joyce Myers or Robbie Zachariah, they're so full of stories and everything and relating it to our time, to the scriptures, and the scriptures turn to life and you can put it into life. So Our Lady wants you to communicate. She wants you to speak to the messages. She wants you to tell people about it. First, with your body language, how you carry yourself. In the point man got, it talks about St. Joseph, that he did everything swiftly. He was quick at what he did, but he didn't look like he was in a hurry. His composure, how he did. What about your modesty, especially women? What are you communicating? What are you telling that? A lady changes her dress in Guadalupe to show that she was queen. She changes dresses here in Medjugorje. She's in a gray gown now, but it's for feast day. She comes golden dressed. Actually, the gold's coming through her dress. So she adopts to that. But she's not adopting to your fashions, especially the women today. She's coming to a modern time, and yet this time she's not changing to adapt to it. It was in Fatima. There will be fashions that would greatly offend God. And we're riddled with this. So much that we're blind to it. So our lady's coming to give us sensitivity. So body language says a lot. You can't just speak words. You have to put something into it. You have to put stories into it to communicate. And those stories are things that happen to you that brings the message to life. I'm in a line at a port the other day. We pull from the gate. The air conditioner goes off. It's hot in Atlanta right now. And it's dead. So the pilot tries to play with it a little bit. We've got to go back to the gate. We're sitting there. Well, we just checked it out, the pilot says, but we can't deboard because we're already going through everything. And so we sit on a plane. We sit there 20 minutes. They had to bring other people. Then they diagnose the part. We're there an hour. We're literally full of sweat. 
And so we're sitting there, and I'm in a nice seat, which is on the aisle seat, but the guy in the middle is a big guy. He's a stocky guy, military-like. We end up an hour and a half there. He just got in conversation. I wasn't trying to talk about Medjugorje. We started talking. He's from Nashville. He lives in Germany. He's black. He was in military. He's retired. And we just started talking. Where are you going? What are you doing? I started telling about Our Lady. We talked about Our Lady for two and a half hours probably, maybe three hours before he went to sleep. I think he said he's Baptist. And he was so turned on what was happening here, he couldn't believe it. I gave materials and stuff, and he really got into it. He was so into it that he says, how can I get there? So I've got to call back home when they wake up to get him a flight here coming Friday. He's got to work because he's got a job after his retirement. He wants to come here this Friday. He's got to be back by work Monday morning, and he wants to get a flight. He's a Protestant. I was trying to convert him. Before we got off, he says, you know, I'm not supposed to be sitting here. He was in the back of the plane, and they overbooked, and they moved him up to the seat. He relayed God put him there, and he did. The more you live your body language, the more clarity are your tones of what you do. The works of mercy, and I'm not talking feed the poor. I'm talking about people that are our poor. We should be after first, not the social justice garbage that we've adopted so much, but those who are headed toward perdition. There's no more poor people than those people who eternally lose salvation. That's the poor I'm called to feed, and I'm telling you, that's the call you're called to feed through this messages. Poor people usually are close to God if they're really legitimately poor. They depend on God. We don't. Even middle class don't because we have every convenience as we spoke about yesterday. So here it is. People are impoverished in their soul, the injuries, the broken families, the broken marriages. People, they're hurting. And he went through a bad divorce 10 years ago. And we talked about things. I talked about how to change your husband, the things I've written. And here it is that God put me there with this appointment. So this communication is something that's very important to understand and understand the context when a lady says, speak less and live more, the messages. You can speak a lot about the messages. You can talk a lot about it with just the 7% words if you have lived more the messages. The more you live the messages, the more you have the authority to convict. I didn't talk a lot about the messages in the beginning years. So little did I talk about the messages, I had to go about eight years after, no, nine years after being converted and growing that Our Lady had to give me a message to Maria to say, okay, you're at the point, I want you to start going out because I was passive. Because I saw that in the message. I saw it in St. Paul. He got converted. He had to live nine years, maybe 11 years, before he started speaking. He had a history of living Christianity. He had to learn it. Those are the apostles. They learned three years. They didn't know nothing about the Mass till the three, in the three years. And they were with God Himself. So he had to form them and train them. Look how many mistakes the things and how many bad things they did. Peter says, get away from me, for I'm a sinner. Depart from me, Jesus. So all these lessons, you have to go through cognition. 
I happened in Italy with Maria. Her in-laws were coming down from upstairs, and they were coming to the apparition. And they called five minutes before the rosary starts for the apparition and said that they just suddenly got deathly sick. They both got in the bed. Maria comes to me and says, strange. They went out the door ready to come down the steps. They got sick. She ran up there and came back to me. So we started the rosary. At the end of the apparition, Maria says, our lady gave a message. A message that changed my direction. My direction was work on myself. Do what I needed to do. I went to Medjugorje in 1986. I found about Medjugorje in 1982-83. I couldn't find a way to get there. I've told a priest, if you ever get there, don't even call me. Just book my whole family. We'll go and I'll give you a check. So here it was, May 31st, 1995. Maria turned to me after that apparition, and she had a lady gave you a message and for you and family and the community. She says, little children, and because her in-laws wasn't there, I was the only then with her. And Maria, she knew immediately it was a message directly for us, me and my family and community. Little children, I desire that through your lives, it's easy for us to live the messages, and it's easy for us to sin because you're always a sinner. But that doesn't mean because you sin, you're not living the messages. Our structure at Caritas and in the community is built from 86 to this point, that the message is part of our life. We speak about the messages all day long. We're working with the messages. We've patterned our whole life on the messages, which gives us the authority to speak. So she says, Little children, I desire that through your lives, that's what I'm talking about, our life, daily life, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning praying, 7 o'clock praying again, rosary time praying, 3 o'clock praying, do profoundest prayers at night time. And that's structure prayer. And the rest of it in between is prayer. Our Lady, the first thing she said when she came to Alabama through Maria in 1988 was, let your work be your prayer. That's the first words breathed in our valley. We didn't know what she meant till later that she was going to give us a lot of work. And we work, we have a strong work ethic, our kids work, we're known, even around the region, even the, the people who are anti-Catholic, one thing we know about those people, they work. Let your work be your prayer. So we're blessed where she told them, here, you work too much. She wants you to pray more. So I developed a whole system on the messages about our work. So she says, I desire that through your lives you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands. My instruments, get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God to a way of salvation. I asked Maria, what did she mean when she said a way? Did she mean the way? Because we know the way. The way of salvation is the scriptures and, of course, Christianity being what we do, etc. But we had a specific way. I'd already wrote, I see for I wrote How to Change Your Husband. I wrote many things. We already patterned on those nine years of a way of life. So when she said, through the witness of your lives, it confirmed to me that what you are living, you convey this way of life. A way of life. Not the way. You can go to heaven in the way of salvation. But we got a specific way, a grand-based way. At the same time, we're in the other side of the world of being very advanced to print and produce what we do. 
which all I write about is only what we lived. So at that point, when Our Lady back in 95 gave this message, we were passive. I was. I was very low-key because I had to become the message. From that point, Our Lady says, no more passivity. I want you to make the passage and be proactive. And that's where we really start being proactive. And through that, you're here for some of those reasons. I'm telling you this for your benefit. Because the first thing you have to do to attract people, or you get on an airplane and you sit next to somebody, you have to have the graces attached to your life that you can convict. We've got people, counselors, psychiatrists, all these people saying this, all people getting kind of advice. And all they got is a diploma, a PhD, that says that they can do that, that they're qualified. Well, how many people call us about marriage counseling and all kind of things, all kind of difficulties with their children, and we don't have a PhD? We got a PhD from Our Lady. And so that's what she wants to do with you. She wants to put you in that position. And a lot of people want to be in that position. I never want to be in position. I hate homework, and that's all I do. But God puts you where you would be the last place you would expect you to be. And I understand obedience because those nuns told me over and over, and I would get first place for saying and writing, I must obey. And that used to be the punishment in Catholic schools. It'd be 100 times, 500 times. And so I, I don't like writing because I had to do so much of that. I mean a lot. And then you give it to the nun the next morning at school, and they just throw it in the garbage. You did it for nothing. But one thing it did for me, it impressed in me, I must obey. So God did that. I really understand obedience. If the authorities owe me, I obey it. When the church has jurisdiction over me, they won't have any qualms with me. But if they don't have jurisdiction on me, I'm obeying Our Lady. And that's why in January, I announced on a radio broadcast, and I've written, and I told everybody, if you heard it, Breakout 2019, Green Light Medjugorje. No bishop's going to stop me anymore. No priest is going to stop me. No cardinal, no pope is going to stop me. Because they can't, because they don't have jurisdiction. That may shock you. Private revelations, if they're not condemned, every single Catholic has the right to promote the devotion, to spread it anywhere you want to. And the church just clarified that, that bishops now can come here, priests can come here, we can speak in the diocese and the parishes. But there's been bad interpretations. Medjugorje, if a parish starts adopting it, it divides the parish. Why? Because a lady here divided this place. And our message is if a lady is dividing on this. Everything in Washington between Democrats and Republicans, all this is dividing. Light is going to be light and dark is going to be dark. It's growing more stronger in clarity instead of being amalgamated. If you've got 50% Christians, 50% pagans together, nobody shines out. We're all deluded. The early Christians separated, and the Roman historians said, see how they love one another. We don't have power mixed in with the culture. Separate from it. So you have to understand the dynamics of the structure of by yourself, you can't do anything. But with Our Lady and throwing her way, we gravitate toward that. She said prayer is important. Verbal prayer is important. The most powerful prayer is community prayer. 
there's power there. And wherever we go, the restaurants, we do the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, and bless us, O Lord. And we don't do it to show. That's just who we are. No matter where we are, what we're doing. If it's apparition time and we're traveling, we stop. We've knelt down 20 of us at the airport praying, looking out the window. That impacts people. When we was in Athens four weeks ago, we're praying below the Acropolis, which is the god of Athenia. That's up on the mountain. So we're praying on this grass area, and there's wrought iron there, and that whole group that went to Patmos, Greece, we're all kneeling down. We're not looking behind us. We did the whole rosary. We got out of the way so we could have some privacy at this point. After we get through the rosary, there's, what, how many people behind us? Just standing there, seven people. They stopped. And one woman asked me, says, this is beautiful, this is peaceful. What were y'all doing? She didn't know what we were doing. But she stayed there. I said, well, we pray the rosary. And then I had this material and gave it to her. We didn't even know they were behind us. But people are searching. They're seeking. Now, just one person, they said, that's a nut right there. Or what's 30 people sitting there, whatever the number was, what are they doing? There's a hunger in the human heart today to seek what our ladies bring into the world. And it's through you who bring her to others. Through your life, how you live that life. And that was a friend of Medjugorje, June the 24th, two thousand. And 19, speaking to us a very important message that we need to hear on this special feast of the birth of our nation and how we can bring light back to the people around us, light back into our nation through our own conversion and how we change people through the way we live, through our witness and how we approach them. Our prayers continue to be with all of those who continue to support and fund this mission. We are in great need of your support for the future and for many things which we have. As many of you heard a friend of Medjugorje say on the broadcast last night, Medjugorje is just beginning. We're just now at the starting point. And so it has been training up to this point. Now it is time to fulfill the mission. And so we need your prayers and your continued financial support for this mission. And we ask you to give from your heart. We ask you to give a tithe every month to this mission. And in order to give that tithe, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Outside the United States, you would dial 001-205-672-2000. Or you can visit medj.com and click on Donate. We constantly put that in front of you. We know the importance of Our Lady's work. We know that many of you know the importance of Our Lady's work. And we, along with a friend of Medjugorje, have the advantage of being able to see the global view of people who are being touched that you may not be aware of. And so continue to keep this mission in your monthly financial giving. And so on this feast of July the 4th, on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, BVM Pilgrimages, the Medjugorje Mission House, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.